0: Welcome to Episode 7 of Solid Gold, stories of the best games in Paw Sox history, I'm Mike Antonellis. In this episode, we go back to the future. The year is 1984, and the Pawtucket Red Sox are beginning their 15th season in team history. The Paw Sox were born in 1970 when Boston moved its AA Eastern League affiliate from Pittsfield, Mass., to McCoy Stadium. Three years later, they moved to AAA and joined the International League. The inaugural season in 1973 did not disappoint under manager Daryl Johnson. The Paw Sox defeated Charleston to claim a Governor's Cup championship. From 1974 through 1983, Pawtucket had only two winning seasons. That was 1977 and 78 under Paw Sox Hall of Famer Joe Morgan, the team skipper for nine seasons. That was about to change in 1984 under second-year manager Tony Torsha. It was not easy for Torsha taking over from Morgan Former POSOX general manager Lou Schweckheimer, who began his tenure with the club in 1978, recalls the changing of skippers.
1: That team, it had some characters. It was a little bit of the changing of the guard because Joe had been our manager since the day I got there and long before that. And so Torsha was new. He was the rising star in the organization. And some of the players that had been with us for years were now no longer with us.
0: A familiar name in the 84 club is current Nesson analyst Steve Lyons, who played in the major leagues with the Red Sox. Steve was a big fan of the new manager.
2: He was an excellent manager. Back in the days, the Red Sox was an old school organization. They took a long time to catch on as far as pitching coaches and infield instruction and outfield instruction. But he was a great instructor. He told me a lot of things, especially when I was in instructional league, was the first time I ever met him. He knew the game.
0: Lyons, who had that unique nickname, was a key cog of the 84 club. Schweckheimer recalls the young core and a few famous names in the rotation.
1: There was this new, younger group of players, highlighted by Psycho. Steve Lyons was our third baseman, and he was a little goofy then. Athletic, reverent, carefree spirit. Pat Dodson was our big first baseman. Mark Sullivan, catching what i remember about that team coming out of spring training wasn't the fact that chico walker and graham some of the great everyday players it was our opening day rotation in 84 we come out of spring training and it's roger clemens oil can boyd al nipper and steve crawford i'm thinking that's a pretty good rotation and then by may they were all in the big leagues
0: Steve Buckley of The Athletic has covered Boston sports for over 20 years, but in 1984, he was covering the International League's main guides for the Portland Press-Herald and has fond memories of the 84
3: Paw I remember a lot about that team, I and mean, I could talk at great length about that. Steve Lyons, Dave Melpeso, Kevin Kane, George Messerod.
0: International League Hall of Famer Mike Tamburo joined the Paw front office in 1977 and was team president in 1984. He currently serves as vice chairman of the club, Mike, on his favorite players.
4: Chico Walker was always a favorite. He was a great guy. Lee Graham was a good guy. Mark Sullivan was a tremendous hit. Jim Dorsey, great guy.
0: One major happening in 1984 was the birth of the Rockets. Roger Clemens was drafted by the Red Sox, 19th overall in the 1983 draft out of the University of Texas. After going a combined 7-2 and with a one three three ERA between A-Ball Winter Haven and AA New Britain in 1983, Clemens began the 84 season with the Paw Sox. On a cold April night in 84, Red Sox fans got a peek into the future. I remember
1: Roger Clemens dealing. Dale Robertson, Doc, was our trainer. And I was in the office and the phone rings and it's Dale from Dugout. He goes, are you watching this? No, I've been caught up in something. Why? He goes, get your ass out here. I go out to Ben's and Dale saddles over. He goes, anybody who doesn't think this kid is the real deal better watch. He had struck out 16 at that point on a miserable April windy cold night in shirt sleeves. He was real thin,
0: and he just goes, have a good look at him because he's not going to be here long. Clemens fanned 18 batters in the contest and indeed was not there long. He made seven appearances before being promoted to Boston in early May. He finished 2-3 with the Paw Sox, but a 1-9-1 ERA. Two years later, on a cold April night at Fenway Park, Clemens fanned 20 Seattle Mariners. Here's the great Ned Martin. A new record.
1: Clemens has set a major league record for strikeouts in a game. 20...
0: After losing so many great pitchers to the big leagues early in the 84 season, the struggled to regroup for a while. Ultimately, it wasn't a banner season for the club. They finished fourth overall in the International League at 75-65, and 65, seven and a half games behind the Yankees affiliate, the Columbus Clippers. But, Torsha's club got stronger as the season reached its end, and they just squeaked into the IL playoffs, earning the fourth and final postseason spot
4: bottom half club for most of the year. We made our run at the right time in August and we probably picked up six or seven games on the Richmond Braves. I mean it wasn't the best team that we ever had and we didn't have a lot of prospects on that team. It's just that they came together at the right time and they had a will to win.
0: Columbus closed out the 84 campaign with the best record in the International League and would host the first two games of the first round of the playoffs. For the Paw Sox, being Road Warriors was not a problem. They cruised to a 12-0 and 5-2 win in the first two games of the series. In Game 3 of the set at McCoy, the Clippers won 3-2, but in the clinching game the next night, Pawtucket's catcher was the hero, Lou Schweckheimer.
1: Mark Sullivan hit a game-winning home run to seal the deal with Columbus. Threw a fastball, tried to throw it by him. Next thing you know, we're on our way. And like so many things in baseball, luck plays such a big part, and we just caught lightning in a bottle. And sometimes you'd rather be lucky than
0: good. Sullivan hit just 204 during the regular season, but had 15 homers and 63 RBIs in 116 games with the Paw Sox. Mark's dad, Haywood Sullivan, played for the Red Sox in the 50s and was Boston's owner in 1984. Steve Lyons on that dynamic.
2: Mark takes a lot of crap about that. Mark was a good player. Eventually got out of the Red Sox organization. Mark Saltz a way better player than what was thought of him because his dad on the team.
0: The Paw Sox took the series thanks to Sullivan's walk-off blast in a 4-3 10-inning win. And they were on their way to the Governor's Cup Finals. It was a big upset against the rival Yankees' top farm team, says Tamburro.
4: Beat Columbus, who was the first place team in the first round of the playoffs. Maine ended up in second place. We finished fourth. Columbus finished first.
0: They are our grandparents, and in many cases, our mom and dad. They're our neighbors, and today, millions of older adults sit isolated in their homes. As your neighbors, we at Cox remind you to reach out to them. One call, one text, one video chat a day can make someone's day. Social distancing doesn't mean social disconnecting cox encourages you connect with a neighbor family member or friend one call a day let them know they're not alone this is a message from cox bringing us closer in the championship series the paw Sox would take on the 2nd seeded Maine guides who swept the toledo mudheads in three games winning two of three games in ohio maine was a brand new team to the il having just relocated from charleston now the stage was set the governor's cup finals began in rhode island Steve Buckley was Maine's beat writer for the Portland Press Arrow.
3: I would ride the bus. Doc Edwards, the manager at Maine, had mentioned to me, this is a perfect AAA team. Veteran guys we kicked around for a while, like Carl Pagel, Lorenzo Gray. And they were guys who had put their time out. There were some young guys, Jeff Barkley, Guy Elston, and so forth. Oddly, there were really not a lot of guys in that team that went on to have long big league career. Dave Gallagher ended up with 10 years in the big leagues, mostly as a fourth outfielder.
0: The matchup in the Governor's Cup received a lot of attention since the two teams were only 150 miles apart.
3: It really caught the fancy of New England because the 84 Red Sox weren't going anywhere. And it was Boston's AAA team playing the other AAA team in New England. The guides were all new and shiny. It was sexy, a lot of tourists went to the games, a lot of Red Sox fans, obviously, and every time Pawtucket had come to Maine during the season, the place would be packed, because it was an instant rivalry, partly because of the New England background, but also because that was Boston's AAA Farm Club, so there was a built-in aspect to this that was fun.
0: Pawtucket and the Maine Guides opened the Best of Five series on September 9th at McCoy. The Paw Sox would host the first two games of the series. But that did not bother the visitors from Old Orchard Beach. Mike Tambor recalls. Maine came in here and beat us the first two.
4: So now we're going to Maine behind two games to none. I think
1: all of us expected the worst. Maine was kind of our sister city, and they had just built a new ballpark up in Maine. And, you know, they came to McCoy and just kicked our butt twice.
0: With no days off during the playoffs, the teams headed back north for what could be a championship-clinching game for the main Guides on their home field called the ballpark. Lions remembers the team still feeling confident as it boarded the bus with its back to the wall.
2: As for me Columbus, we felt like we were a pretty good team. We felt like we were playing pretty good baseball, and best of five. Obviously, if you go up there and lose, you're
0: done. The Paw Sox players and coaches tried to stay loose in a state that had the slogan of vacation land. Mike Tamburo tells us the first turn that ignited a comeback in the series involved the pre-game meal at a famous seafood spot located in Camp Ellis, just a five-minute drive to the ballpark.
4: We went up there just to have fun, and I remember we took the team out to eat at a place called Wormwoods. Before Game 3, probably about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, everyone's kind of feeling, well, what have got nothing to lose. We're probably going to be going home tonight. So let's just relax and enjoy ourselves. So some guys might have had one or two.
2: I won't tell you about what. We had this big party at Wormwoods, which was a seafood place on the water. And I'll tell you what, they rolled out the red carpet. I still have gout because of all the seafood I ate, and <laughs> it was unbelievable. But we had to check out the next morning, because if we lost, we're driving back home to Pawtucket. And so we had this huge party. Wormwoods was a classy place. It was a
3: comfortable place.
1: Great atmosphere, great food, great prices. So a lot of the teams went there. And we go up to Maine, and they've got all the brooms out, sweep this, everybody's excited about kicking our butt. It's Red Sox Nation. That night for Game 3,
4: they're giving out brooms to the first 3,000 fans. So there's brooms all over the place.
0: Pawtucket's Game 3 starter was Robin Fuson, who pitched in six games with Maine earlier in the season. Robin Fuson, who had started the
4: year with the Cleveland organization, pitched for Maine. We had claimed him off waivers in the middle of the season during a ball game at McCoy in between games of a doubleheader. So we started one game in one dugout, played the second game coming out of the other dugout. And he ended up being the pitcher who led us to a win in game three.
0: Fuson was brilliant in Pawtucket's 5-2 win to stay alive for another day. So now it's on to game four and the pregame ritual: stay alive. A trip back to Camp Ellis.
4: So now we're down 2-1, now we have life. We go back to Wormwoods at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, sit in the same seats,
1: order the same meals, have the same drinks. Ben, every day, we won the first game in Maine, and he said to everybody, order the same thing, sit in the same seat, and if you had a drink the day before, have a drink today. And so guys like Lions are having, I don't know, margarita was kind of like long before the 2004 Jack Daniels salute by Kevin Millar.
0: After the second Wormwoods meal, Pawtucket grabbed a 4-2 win behind the stellar outing by Mike Rochford. Maine had a 2 nothing lead in the home field advantage. Now it comes down to a do-or-die game in the Governor's Cup finale. Steve Buckley on the mindset of the guys.
3: I'm guessing they would have been a little tight. I understand that I think some of the players were nervous because Cleveland had promised they wouldn't make any September call-ups until the series was over.
0: Mondor and his Paw Sox decided they couldn't mess with success. So it was back to the same place before the game, and the Paw Sox would go with a starter who had a 6.49 ERA during the regular season.
4: So Game 5 comes at 2 o'clock. We go back to Wormwoods. Everyone sits in the same seats, eats the same meal, drinks the same drinks. Now Game 5, and we're out of pitching. And Judge Besserat, who was really an up-and-down player... Split the year between Pawtucket and Double A New Britain, but he was pitching against Jerry Reed, who would go on and pitch in the big league mostly for the Indians. So the
2: fact we had made the great comeback, we still were facing probably the league's best. What I do remember about George was that he was a bulldog. He was sort of a quiet guy, but he was kind of a hulking, strong, big right-handed pitcher. He had a great sinker, threw a lot of ground balls. All we had to do was make the plays. We were thinking we were okay with George on the mound. Remember
1: Ben going, our lives depend on George Messner. And nobody knew who George Messerad was, except us. And he had a huge heart, and he just laid it all out there.
3: Hi, I'm Ed Medeiros, CEO of East Commerce Solutions. At East Commerce Solutions, we've been providing merchant services to businesses throughout New England since 1994. At East Commerce Solutions, we provide point-of-sale systems, credit card processing, payroll services, and gift card programs. Give us a call at one 800 527 5395 or visit us online at eastcommerce solutions.com east commerce solutions we are your local merchant service provider have a great day so it was time for
0: the winner take all game five thursday september 13th 1984 in old orchard beach maine the Paw Sox had the momentum as they looked to secure their second ever governor's cup title and that momentum carried over as the game got underway had built an early lead on a homer by Lions, a man not known for his power.
2: I hit that home run, and the strange thing about it was as the ball went out of the park, I knew that I had touched first base, but I was kind of watching the ball at the same time, so it looked funny. I hit left hand, so the ball was going over the right field wall, and it was closed, kind of skimmed over the top, and right about the time it was going out of the park, I was getting to first, and I kind of stumble step there, and I got all the way to second base, And I thought, I am not going to get screwed by someone thinking that I missed first base. So I stopped and turned around and came back and retouched first and then went again on the home run trial because I knew it looked bad. I knew I touched it, but I just didn't want to get screwed on that. I just didn't want to have them appeal and have the umpire call me out. That would be brutal on a home run to get called out for missing first base.
0: The home run counted and Lions gave Messerad a lead to work with. The unheralded righty began to cruise through the main lineup inning after inning. He held the guides off the scoreboard and the one nothing advantage lasted through six. Here's Mike Tamburo. Mark Sullivan gets a broken, bad single. We go ahead, two nothing. I mean, it's an extra run. You're still not comfortable. It's a tight game, of pitcher's door. Messerrod tossed another scoreless frame in the bottom of the seventh and his legend began to grow. His offense continued to add to the lead.
4: Paul Hunt since a home run it's a 3-0 lead. Now you're starting to feel like dude, something's going to happen here.
0: Messerad hurled 7 2 two third shutout frames, giving up just three hits in what was one of the most clutch performances in Paw Sox history. With two outs in the eighth, Torshia finally went to the bullpen as Messerad gave way to closer Jim Dorsey.
1: When you walk in our little wall of fame out in front of the clubhouse in McCoy and you see that picture... Maserat beaming from ear to ear. That's a kid that'll take that performance to his grave. And it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Truly one of the all-time good guys. Jimmy Dorsey comes in and just
4: closes the door. Gets out of the eighth, gets through the last of the ninth, and the Paw Sox win the Governor's Cup.
0: Dorsey recorded the final four outs. History made by the Pawtucket Red Sox. The lowest seed in the playoffs had won the Governor's Cup title, capped off with three straight wins in Maine to seal the deal.
4: I just remember the guys just going crazy surrounding Dorsey on the mound, and they presented us the Governor's Cup at home plate. And Harold Cooper was the lead president. He was ill, so he couldn't make it. So Jordan Kobritz, the owner of the main club, had to present us the Governor's Cup. Everyone was going crazy.
2: We had won the championship the year before in New Britain, so I had been involved in a championship before. So this wasn't my first, but it was no less special. Great time, it was a great game. We all got along on that team. It was a pretty close-knit club, and we had a lot of fun, and we let it out that night.
0: After the game, Mike Tamburo didn't stop the tradition. That was truly the MVP in Maine. Right, Steve Lyons?
2: Sure that wasn't me. it was brilliant. I've tried to talk to people to find out if it's still around, because it was a rustic, kind of rickety place when we were there in 1984. So fast forward more than 30 years, I mean, geez, you know, I don't, it could have gotten washed away by the surf by now. The people in Maine just shaking their heads. They just can't believe it. Our Crew
4: is gone crazy. I don't even know if they took showers, but we went back to Wormwoods. that the same seats. Ate the same meals and drank like a son of a
1: bitch. <laughs> Jordan Cobra's on the main guides. And I remember Jordan taking Ben, Mike, and I trip Wormwoods. We had a big team party after having beers and having seafood. And he goes, I got to show you this, man. I just got to show you this. And we walk upstairs to the second deck. And there's the royal blue and navy blue on every single table. They had a big celebration party for the Governor's Cup celebration. 300 place settings all set up. Champagne at every table. And Jordan just looked at it and goes, you son of a bitches. <laughs> the
0: 1984 Governor's Cup championship was one of the key moments in team history that built the Pawtucket Red Sox brand. The players knew how much this meant to Ben Mondor, Mike Tamboro, in the city of Pawtucket.
2: Ben Mondor, just an amazing guy, and my Mike who was with him. They were great. We were so happy to win it for them. And We had a kangaroo court and all that stuff, and we had this one kangaroo court towards the end of the season, and we saved the money because we're going to have a team party at the end of the year with whatever money we got from the kangaroo court. Back then, none of us were making any money, so the fines weren't a lot of money. You didn't get a guy in from third base with less than two outs that so cost you two bucks, right? So Ben and sat in on the last kangaroo court meeting that we had, and we had raised like eleven hundred bucks throughout the course of the year to have a team party. And Ben sat in on the meeting, and we fined Ben five bucks for being late to the meeting. He looked at us when it was done. He says, Is that "What you got? Eleven hundred bucks?" Now you guys go have a party. And that was amazing. We about fell off our chairs. That was just the kind of guy he was. You remember, there's a special quality to championship teams. When you
1: all share the ring at the end of the year, that was forever ingrained as part of your baseball journey. So that 84 team was the first ring I ever won. It was a part of. I treasure that one as much as anything. It didn't match the longest game
4: or the Fidrich matchup. But I think what it did is the credibility it created for the franchise to be able to have that as the third great event in four years solidify the franchise. And from that point on, we began the process of becoming one of the most respected clubs in the industry.
0: For Solid Gold, stories of the best games in Paw Sox history, presented by Cox Communications and Sports Radio WEEI 103.7 FM, I'm Mike Antonellis.